what I think about when I think about writing. Talent isn't always an assurance that you're going to be able to make a living from your work. You can be an amazing painter, but may never find a gallery. You can be an amazing writer and never find a publisher. And a lot of our value in the world is dependent on what we have to offer to other people rather than what's intrinsically ours when we're in our studio or our study or just our room. I think that artists and writers have a lot in common, but um, sometimes I think that this whole issue is, is more clearly expressed um, through visual art. So for instance, visual art isn't a necessity for people it's really pretty much a luxury. Um, I think everything about the art world conveys that. Auctions and catalogs and all that is a very luxurious thing. And at some level, that's not right. I think art should be about people, period, because they're the ones that enjoy the self-expression and they're the ones that it communicates with. But in order to make it last and to be as viable as it can be, it has to operate in that luxurious space. And I think that writing um, in, in many ways is like that as well. That um, for us, for writers, that luxurious space is the big five publishing companies or um, the ability to be in the front window of a bookshop. Um, it's a huge jump between working on writing, whether you're doing it in a small group or you're working and writing at home. It's a huge jump between that and being accepted by the literary world. It's really a huge thing. It depends on relationships. And a lot of the time, you as an author don't have a say in it. I think in life and working within these communities, it's really a lot about what you have to offer um, and what you can provide to the people who are closest to you. I think that's what matters. The people you live with regularly. If, if you have something to offer for people who aren't in your network, you might not do it as well. You might not be able to um, find what it is that they're looking for in a piece of literature. I think to make a difference, or at least to make a different kind of impact, uh, you, you have to see the things that the people who came before you were doing. And, um, and then you have to do the things that maybe they didn't do or couldn't do for some reason. I think that's another way a writer chooses to make an impact. Um, it's certainly what I've taken on a lot in my work really speaking about Provincetown and being in Provincetown and not just talking about it from far away, but talking about it in ways that I experience it and that, frankly, nobody else can experience it because they're not me. When I think about it, doing a project, it's more about, do I write this and why do I care about this? And what part of myself about my history or my identity can I investigate to explore why something like this would make sense? Even though I write these little mysteries, 
there's part of me in every single one of them. There's something I've wondered about or thought about or questioned in every single one of them. And in a sense, I'm opening that question up to the people who are reading it, who might be reading it for a different reason because they want something fun at the beach, little murder mystery. Um, but I'm hoping that within that, I am opening up some broader questions. And I have to ask those questions first because that's where I start thinking about how to approach it creatively. How does this book look different from every other book? How does it have its own identity? And then I try to merge those things, its own identity and what the community is looking for, and come up with something I feel like I'd want to still read after a couple of years. And that's how I try to do all my projects now. And there's a good amount of momentum kind of between projects. I do this for a living, so I don't have time for writer's block. That's my perspective. I wish I could sit around and wait for the muse to arrive, but I have to eat. I have to pay a mortgage. I have to feed my cat. <laughs> so I don't have time for writer's block. If something isn't working, I try something different, but I keep writing. I keep going. It's a very structured process. It's about deadlines. And if you start following that kind of process, if you step away from the notion of writer's block and you step into deadlines and you step into the necessity to keep writing, then you finally, I think, get over yourself. You know, you no longer have this, I am a writer with a capital W. Um, and you start being about the work, about the process. I also need to make sure that I'm ingesting and digesting enough inspiration so that I can keep going or that I'm finding inspiration wherever I am or have to be so I can use it to fuel my practice and fuel my creative work. Um, I accept that my goal is to do and offer the best I can at that moment and hopefully that's going to be enough that I'm not going to freak out and feel like, is this good enough? Um, if I can give you what I have, 110% of what I have in this moment, at the end of the day, does it matter that a year from now I can give more and do more? No, because what I did today is what I could do today. And I think that's important for writers to hang on to. Um, yeah, just have to make it happen. Just keep sourcing it. Keep looking at what what you're inputting, keep looking at what you're reading, keep looking at what you're experiencing and, and move that through your internal process so that you can make it happen. Sleep on it if you need to, but make it happen. And the final thing is you really have to take a lot of risks. I know I do. So sometimes things don't work out as my publisher will be the first to tell you. Um, I try to be active enough to not sit on those things and soak and, and be depressed about them. Some things just don't work and sometimes you can put it away and come back to it and another time it will work and sometimes you can put it away and come back to it and it will never work and you have to accept that because that is part of being creative. If you are not taking risks, you are not being creative. And then sometimes you just have to let it go. Um, you can learn a lot from letting go and you can learn a lot from holding on. And the hard part is choosing when is the right time 
to do which of those. When is the right time to hang on to something and when is the right time to let it go? And if you can find that balance, then you're going to be lifting your, your practice up far above where it ever was before.